We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, as always, Chris Biederman um, of the What's Sacramento Bee. There we, no, I dude, I forgot I had to I had <laughs> forgot I had to do a bit and I, I messed it up like a dunce. We're sponsored by <laughs> Lamb Chops, SGLambchops.com. <laughs> Follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops for all their latest styles. You sound so upset. Cool. I am. I met. No, I botched it. I had a really good bit, and I just screwed it up. No, but you know who's not screwing stuff up? Lamb Chops. You can check out all their latest styles on Instagram at SG Lamb Chops at their website at sglambchops.com. It's hoodie season, man. Go get yourself a sick ass lamb chops hoodie. I wear mine. One of my two. Basically every day. They're just in constant rotation. They're super comfortable. Super high quality. And most importantly, Chris, they look dope. They look super dope, which is which is the important thing. I'm wearing a Lamb Chops shirt right now for those uh, watching on the YouTube channel. They can see it. Um, I've mentioned it before, but man, this, this extra thick little material is perfect for the fall. Um, daylight savings time has come and gone, so it is now um, officially time to, to really lean into the warmer clothing. Um, yeah. particularly here in Sacramento. And so, uh, yeah, loving loving my Lamb Chops clothes, as always. The T-shirts this time of year, chef's kiss. They're perfect. Get yours at sglambchops.com. Use promo code CANDLESTICK20 for 20% off your order today. <laughs> we are also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Cooperagebrewing.com is the website there. You can order a case of beer. If you're 21 or over and in the state of California, they will ship it directly to your front door. And there's nothing better then going out to sign for a package and it is 24 beers of something that you know is going to be delicious. Maybe you get the candlestick Chronicles, hazy IPA. Maybe you want a Pilsner. Maybe you want something a little darker for, for the colder weather. I know I love a dark beer this time of year. So whatever your beer taste Cooperage has it. And Chris, we all know it's going to be delicious. Absolutely. The quality is just incredible. Tastes really good. It's, it's both refreshing and tasty. Um, we're doing wedding planning right now and people are asking us what we want to do uh, keg wise. And we're like, we got the kegs handled. We're, we're bringing, we're bringing some coop. Um, we're looking at potentially next fall. So hopefully we'll be able to ser- ser- serve it's easy for me to say some candy cron at the nuptials, which that'd would be, be so ideal. sick. That would be ideal. Really. We're, we're pushing hard for it. So um, 
but yeah, I mean, if, if, you know, is, is there any bigger endorsement than like being positive, what beer you're having at your wedding? Not at all. Uh, I think that's, there's not one. Itself, so. I didn't even know. I had no idea. Yeah. It ruined <laughs> so, my night, honestly. No. <laughs> Just going in, I'm like, I don't know. I'm so unsure. And people are like, it's going to be fine. I'm like, I don't know what beer I mean. No. Yeah. Um, Candlestick Chronicles would be a great beer to have at a wedding. Super drinkable, super delicious, as all of Cooperage's beers are. So head to cooperagebrewing.com or go visit the brewery out there in Santa Rosa. Really good, great spot. Secluded, quiet. The vibes are great. Good outdoor seating if you want to bring a dog. Always a good food truck and uh, really good people there as well. So go visit Cooperage or cooperagebrewing.com today. Uh, let's talk about the 49ers after the bye week. Here we go. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Yeah, good weekend for the 49ers, despite the fact they didn't play. The NFC West, Chris, went 0-3. So the 49ers back in first place in the NFC West. Not terribly thanks surprising. A, thanks to a tiebreaker mm-hmm. over the Seahawks. Yeah, you knew Arizona playing a rookie quarterback was going to have a tough time in Cleveland. Um, you knew the Rams not having Matt Stafford, they were going to have a tough time winning. They would have had a tough time winning with Matt Stafford. Yeah. Um, and the Seahawks kind of had like a little bit of an upset alert going into going into that game. I thought the Seahawks might be able to hang tough with the Ravens, mm-hmm. but the Ravens are just a buzzsaw right now. Like the Ravens are really good. Just like sneaking like under the radar, at least to this point, right. Have kind of been under the radar. I think right now they are like very much in the thick of the discussion for best team in the NFL. Yes. Um, and they just really put it on the Seahawks, like blowout city. <laughs> and it was like, never close. No, they've done this now to the Seahawks and Lions right about the time. It's like, oh, hey, watch out for the Lions. Nope. Thumped by the Ravens. Seahawks yeah. it's like, oh, hey, watch out. Here come the Seahawks thumped by the Ravens, and not even close, man. That game was so disappointing. Yeah, I was hoping for a little bit more from it. But... I have some stats. The NFC West this weekend scored six points. They got outscored 84 to six. They racked up a grand total of 396 yards between the three teams. That's 132 yards per team. They averaged 2.6 yards per play. They were in 150 plays collectively and gained less than 400 yards. Just a beat down. Yikes. I kind of think the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, they might. So I just don't Niners, know what you do with it. I just don't know what the, you do with them. The Niners, despite losing three straight games, still have the best point differential in the NFC. <laughs> Wild. For whatever that's worth. Baltimore, the Niners are at plus 78. Baltimore's at plus 115. So um, the Niners still uh, actually third best point differential in the NFL. The Bills are plus 80, and they're 5-4 and four currently outside the playoff picture in the AFC. They're the nine seed. Jeez. At the moment. So. The Bills are a weird team. 
I they can't are figure very, them out. They're they're a weird team. I tend to think they're like they're good, but maybe not elite given all the injuries they've had on on defense. Yeah. Um, but I you know, Josh Allen can go beat anybody um in any given day. Including the Bills. <laughs> That's fair too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean overall a, a really I mean you have you, you go on your bye and you have your three divisional rivals all lose like it's Mm -hmm. about as good as it gets for the Niners yeah so they're back and first in the NFC West and they they get their they get the tiebreaker it doesn't matter in week nine they play the Seahawks twice still so like that's but the the clear-cut thing to me was the Rams aren't going to hang around and at three and six they're probably out of the division race by now Mm-hmm. So the Rams are out of it. It's a two horse race between the Niners and Seahawks. And I don't think there was really ever a ton of doubt that that was, that that was going to be the case, but that's kind of where we're sitting at the halfway point. So you look at the standings and like Detroit came into the season as kind of like a hyped up team. Mm-hmm. There aren't really any surprising teams currently in the playoff picture, really in either conference, Mm-mm. like maybe Houston, at four and four, but like otherwise, like I don't know, is Washington really surprising at four and five? I, I don't know, but it's going going through the NFC standings right now. Philadelphia one seed, Detroit, 49ers, Saints, Seahawks, Cowboys, Vikings. If you it's had just all, it's all kind of teams you would expect to be in that mix. If somebody had predicted this to be this the standings at the end of the year, I don't think anybody would have blinked. No, there's none of this is surprising. There's no, no. like, there's no like wow team. You and there's no there's team that was supposed wow to be good. That's bad. Uh, I would say the New York giants are pretty, pretty awful. I didn't expect them to be good though. Yeah. They're I mean, they worse than I thought they would be for sure. But I wasn't like, Oh man, then watch out for the giants this year. They won a playoff game last year. Yeah, they sure did. I would have, I would have figured they'd be like right in the mix, not two and seven. Yeah. But they did have they they have had some injuries, so yeah. But even yeah. I mean the AFC: Kansas City, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Miami, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. It's like it's all it's, it's <laughs> pretty you... like blue blooded on on both sides <laughs> of the bracket here. Cincinnati's five and three and last in their division right now. <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's tough. All yeah, four the entire AFC North teams are in the are in the playoffs right now. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's it's just insane to me that Kansas City, despite whatever the hell they have going on over there on offense, is still just seven and two and in the one seed. I I am all in on a on a KC Baltimore AFC championship game. Me too. Sign me up. But get me get me a better version of the Chiefs offense. I need yeah. them to get like a little better first before yeah. I'm all in on that game. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so the Niners got some good news at practice on Monday. They had a, a bonus practice coming off the bye. Debo Samuel came back. Still no sign of Trent Williams. Um, but I would say Debo more or less. I mean, he basically confirmed it last week when he told Kay Adams that he was going to be good to go. Yeah. Um, but what's your initial thought about having Debo Samuel and just what, what he could what he could bring on Sunday in Jacksonville? Yeah, I think Debo Samuel is pretty good. And <laughs> no, here's some different ways. I think they can actually use him. What if they put him at running back? Oh, interesting. No. Yeah. Just throwing wrinkles out here. Positionless football is what I call it. Catch the wave. No, uh, I mean, Debo is such a, like how many times have we talked about Debo Samuel being a tone setter for the Niners offense? Mm-hmm. And I think they just, 
they obviously miss Trent Williams in the run game, but Debo's gravity is, I think, something that can't really be quantified. Just when he goes in motion, how the defense reacts is different than when Ray Ray McLeod goes in motion or Willie Sneed or whoever is is in for, for Debo. So I think just getting him back will help the Niners just schematically, not to mention the ways he can impact the passing game and his ability to make tough contested catches and what he can do in the run game on the jet sweeps and just the straight handoffs and setting that kind of physical tone that I think the Niners have really been missing on, on both sides of the ball over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> you'd rather have Debo than not. Yeah. I mean, his toughness more or less embodies like this team's personality. Their like, ethos. He, he yeah i mean he kind of embodies the 49ers just in general particularly on mm-hmm. the offensive side given his versatility right like that's when when the 49ers are are playing their best football offensively they can beat you in a bunch of different ways from a bunch of different directions and mm-hmm. debo kind of embodies that not only with his physicality but with his versatility to play receiver and running back um and i do think there's an element of juice that he brings to the team when he's just out there like you know you're going to have a dude who's going to try to run through everyone's face and mm-hmm. like you're, you're going to get maximum effort on every single play um, and really take it to defenders and a guy who's not really scared of anything. So I, I yeah. think um, that stuff has, you know, intangible effects um, Intangibly, like you said, he's, he's just another playmaker that they need. I, I am really curious to see what happens with, with Trent Williams because um, it didn't sound like he was ever close to playing. If, if you sort of read between the lines and listen right. to Kyle Shanahan talk about it uh, going into the Cincinnati game, like they were, they were leaving the door open, but it just never got better. Um, and for Trent, not even to be on the field on Monday, I know it's like, he it's didn't even Monday warm practice. up on Sunday. Yeah. Like, like that's a little, it, it indicates he's, he's not super close. Um, so Trent is not somebody who typically practices Wednesdays. So it's not entirely surprising that he wouldn't practice on Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, but if he's like, if he doesn't practice Thursday or Friday, given that it has been, uh, what, three or four weeks now since he's played, I, I have a hard time seeing them playing Trent Williams without him just like loosening up the ankle a little bit. Yeah during the week in practice. It's not like, it's one thing if you like sprain your ankle and then you don't practice the week, the, you know, the week after that, and then you play in the, in the following game, it's another thing to take like a month off mm-hmm. and then return to a game without practicing. So I, I think it'll be a really telling week in terms of Trent Williams injury status to see if he practices, you know, Thursday, Friday, um, yeah. because I just, uh, I think he's been, he's been off too long to, to simply say, yeah, you don't need to practice this week. You're just go in there on Sunday. I think he's got to, he's got to do a little bit on the practice field. I would think. Yeah, I, I, man, it's just, if he doesn't play this week, you start to get really concerned, like, long-term. Because now you're looking at, he got hurt in six, so that's seven, eight, nine, so that'd be four weeks out that he hadn't played. And that's, that to me says there's might be something more going on than just a low ankle sprain. Because when Shanahan first mentioned it, it sounded like, yeah, he might miss a week. And now it's reached a point where if he doesn't play this week, he's missing four weeks and he's not practicing at all. And they thought rest was going to make it better. And it's clearly not. So I, I think it's a huge week for, for Trent Williams. 
because I can't, yeah, look, I can't imagine they're still just like, oh yeah, no, we'll just kind of let him sit and see how this thing plays out. Like, there's clearly something wrong if he doesn't go. Yeah, I, part part of me too wonders if they're looking at like the upcoming schedule. They have at Jacksonville this week. They host the Buccaneers November nineteenth, mm-hmm. and then it goes Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks. So I'm wondering if maybe they're thinking like. If he's not a hundred percent, let's not risk it, and let's make sure we have our guy as close to a hundred percent as possible for the week twelve through fourteen stretch when it goes Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks. Might not matter by that point. I mean, they're five and three. Worst case, they'd be five and five. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, they won't be out of it at five and five. Is my point? They'd be out of the one seed at five and five for sure. Well, they'd be out of the one seed. Yeah. I kind of think they're already out of it. I don't know that Philly's going to lose three games. We'll see. Injuries happen. It didn't feel like the Niners would ever lose three games in a row. That's then. a good point. That's a good point. So as of right now, it doesn't feel like Philly's going to lose three games. But let's look at the Eagles' schedule. Dallas not closing out the Eagles hurt the Niners pretty bad. Because if you could stay within yeah. a game of, of Philly where you can beat them and then be tied and have the tiebreaker in head-to-head, that would have been great. But now they're two games back. So they got to make up a game somewhere and then beat Philly. It's just tough. It's interesting. So the Niners... Dallas let, stinks. <laughs> Mike McC- I'm, I'm pretty much as far out on Mike McCarthy. I could like, not be... I have never like, watched the end of a Mike McCarthy game and been like, wow, that's well-managed. Yeah. He's, McCarthy um, coaches ass off. He's about as average as a coaches as there is in the league, and he's he's a detriment to an elite team. Maybe he can uplift a bad team, but he's a detriment to a good team. He had Premier uh, and Rogers won one Super Bowl. Come on, man. What's going on, y'all? It's Kyle Madsen and Chris Biederman here from Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, here to talk to you about prize picks. It's daily fantasy sports, and it's my new favorite thing about the NFL season. Chris, I won twenty-two fifty on Sunday. I had Christian McCaffrey more than sixty-six and a half rushing yards. Debo Samuel more than fifty and a half receiving yards. Tyler Higby less than forty-five and a half receiving yards. That's all you do. You pick two to six players based on their stat projections. You pick more than or less than. You fill out an entry, and then after you do that, you watch the winnings roll in. It's great. I'm having a great time with it. It's really fun. It's daily fantasy sports. I think at its finest when you just want to watch a game casually and you think a player is really going to go off or you think a guy is not going to do anything based on your knowledge of the game. um, Why not cash in and and make a little extra scratch on the side in daily fantasy? So prize picks, prizepicks.com, promo code candlestick. They will match your offer up to $100. Yeah, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types. Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. As Chris said, prizepicks.com slash candlestick is the website. Use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Didn't, that was 13 years ago. Right. 14, 14 yeah. years ago. He's still writing um, that. Right. Right. Uh, the Eagles are on their bye this week. So let Jalen Hurts get a little bit healthy. But then they have at Kansas City, home to Buffalo, and then home to the Niners. So there's a chance. Mm. That, I mean, there's there's a chance that the 49ers can still catch them. And then then they go at Dallas, at Seattle. Um, and then they finish up with kind of a cupcake schedule. They got Giants, Cardinals, Giants last <laughs> week of the season. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I mean the, the this stretch here for for both these teams is going to be is going to be really interesting in terms of how the one seed shakes out. Um so, I haven't even looked at the Lions schedule, but well, let's look right the now. Lions have their bye this week? Yeah, the Lions were also on a bye this week. Yeah, okay. The Lions have the Chargers, they're at the Chargers. <laughs> Then home Bears, home Packers, at Saints, at Bears, home Broncos, at Vikings, at Dallas, home Vikings. Maybe the maybe the, the Lions, Lions might lose like one game the rest of the year. The Lions might be the one seed. <laughs> I kind of think the Lions are going to be the one seed. <laughs> Do you trust Dallas in a primetime game on December 30th against a playoff team? I no, sure don't. Really. The Lions are winning out. The Lions aren't losing again. The Lions might lose one. I've got the Lions losing one game. Don't ask me which one. Just pick one, and that's the one they'll lose. Yeah. I mean, they have five road games. Five road games left and four. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. They're, they have a stretch there where they have four road games in five weeks. Yeah. Although two and the of last them one's are, at Dallas. Yeah. Two of them are, are at Chicago and at Minnesota, so it's not like they're flying cross-country. But um, Do they know. even fly to Chicago, do you think? His bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, huh. that's not that's that's a long that's a long bus ride. Hmm. That's a long bus ride. I think so they do, only you, do it if okay. it's like two hours or so. Sure. Okay. Yeah, the Lions might not lose again. I think the Niners are gonna be the three seed. <laughs> that's where I'm that's where I'm at he- heading into week ten. Yeah, I could see it. Ask me for an update after week ten. I could see it. Um, I have some Jaguars thoughts. Uh, sure. Uh, watch watch the Steelers game. Not a whole lot to glean from it because the weather was bad, and 
uh, Mitch Trubisky played the entire second half for Pittsburgh. But I do think their defense is really good. And looking at the numbers, like their defense is third in DVOA. Um, EPA per play, since I'm a big... Uh, you big love EPA per play. Guy. Yeah. yeah, big advanced metrics guy. They're also third in EPA per play defensively. Um, they have talent on the edges with Josh Allen and Trent Baalke's first overall pick, whose name is eluding me at the Trayvon moment. Walker. Trayvon Walker, thank you. Um, but Who stinks. The, I don't know that he stinks. He's just he's not like an elite player. Correct. But he's still he's still a good player. His his talent, like I could definitely see him walking Jalen Moore back into the, you know, back into Brock Purdy. Nah, that's a good point. Yeah, least. that's a good point. <laughs> Um, but offensively, I think it's going to be a really interesting game for the 49ers because, um, Trevor Lawrence is good, uh, but he gets rid of the ball really fast and their Mm -hmm. offensive line is not any good, but Trevor Lawrence is really good at getting the ball out quickly, which has been the Niners kryptonite in recent weeks. Um, and he's also really good against the zone as our, our buddy, Nick, Nick Wagner pointed out on Twitter in his breakdown. If you're not checking out Nick's. Um, lengthy tweets where where he does scouting reports and statistical breakdowns of it's really cool upcoming opponents you should definitely check those out um but just him mentioning that like trevor lawrence is really good against zone coverage and less good against man while the mm-hmm. niners are clearly better in zone coverage and less you know mm-hmm. like it's it's one of those like something's got to give type situations sure and the game is going to go a long way towards sort of exemplifying this paradox that the 49ers find themselves in and where they have like an elite pass rush but it's sort of negated by the fact that teams that get rid of the ball quickly or quarterbacks who get rid of the ball quickly mm-hmm. do well against them at negating the pass rush so steve wilkes having the buy and having the extra time to scout out the jaguars is it going to be an opportunity for the niners defense to make to make Trevor Lawrence hold on to the ball a little bit longer and mm-hmm. allow the pass rush to get there? Or is it going to be a game where he's just one, two out, one, two out? Like every right. time, every time he drops back to pass. And Travis Etienne's good. Um, like he's a he's a really nice pass catcher for them. He's a, he's a pretty good running back. But again, mm-hmm. their offensive line stinks, yet they still are able to field a pretty competent offense without having a good offensive line. So yeah, Trevor Lawrence is be, really good it's going to be a unique challenge for, for the Niners in the sense that like, this is the type of offense that, that has given them problems this year. And that's where, that's where the chase young addition just has to come into play right away. Like this can't, this can't be another game where like the, the Rams game comes to mind where it was just underneath routes and drag routes and just taking advantage of, of zone coverage and taking advantage of soft coverage and just receivers getting open without getting touched. So, I mean, they made an adjustment in the second half there and they started blitzing more. They played tighter coverage and just kind of closed the windows up a little bit. Is that something they do from the jump or are they still going to try and get home with four? And if they do, what does it look like? I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical though <laughs> about what, how different the defense is going to look post by, but maybe Chase Young helps. Maybe Chase Young is, is freeing up Bosa and, and Hargrave and they're, getting Lawrence off of his spot and making him uncomfortable. And they look like the Niners defense again, but like you said, tough matchup at the gate, especially because Jacksonville is coming off their bye as well. No yeah, rest advantage for the 49ers. Yeah. 
So the Niners defense hasn't been particularly good on third down or opponent red zone scoring this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jacksonville's offense has not been good in those categories either. So yeah. if the Niners do play well, I think the version of them playing well is being good on third down and being good in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And that's really that really could be the t- determining factor. Um, not to get all football guy and talk about the importance of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. But you like, know what else I think is going to be important? <laughs> Is it the turnover battle? Boy, you read my mind. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I, I think a, a key to the game is going to be wanting it more. Whoever wants it more is really going to You know, as long as, as long as the 49ers can establish a run, mm. I think that's going to be key. Yeah, I mean, to that point, though, like, I know you're, you're, it's kind of a bit, but, like, the Niners have not proven that they can win a game when the run game struggles. Good point. Year. Yep. So... You know, I would say if there's a fair criticism of Brock Purdy, it's that like, like have a big game and a winning game when the running game is not there because it hasn't been there the last three weeks. And it feels like the Niners offense has been a shell of itself. So that that is one thing that I'll always keep my eye on with any Kyle Shanahan offense to this point. Like, can it function without the running game being sort of the spine of the offense, which it feel like feels like it still is. And that's. Obviously, when you have Christian McCaffrey, you feed him. But like they, they need to figure out ways to win, particularly if they don't have Trent Williams, by moving the ball through the air more efficiently and more effectively throughout the game without having to rely so much on play action and, and all of that. Yeah, totally. Um, I have a Chase Young thought. Okay. I think he's host. He's wearing he's number wearing. 92. Not a good number, man. It's a bad number. It's not a good number. And so the reason he couldn't wear a single digit is because he's not listed as a linebacker. Randy Gregory is. So that's why he can wear five. Chase Young's listed as a defensive lineman, so he does not have the single digits open to him. So he had to choose from just a random number in the 90s. There wasn't so, anything in the 50s? Uh, it was 56 available. 56 might have been available. I don't think anyone's wearing 56 that? unless they're on the practice squad. We need to send a sternly worded email to somebody. No, I totally agree. <laughs> Randy Gregory on the Niners roster still does not have a number listed to his name. So that's yeah, because they're planning on getting rid of him. <laughs> uh, John Feliciano's 55. There's nobody on the active roster who's 56 or 58 or 59. 58 um, is Alex Barrett. Austin Bryant's 56. They're both on the practice mm, squad. Yeah, practice squad guys. Um, oddly enough, uh, season savior Jesse Davis has not been given a number yet, so <laughs> we will uh, we'll keep an eye on that too. Although, although Isaiah Winstead is wearing number two, which also belongs to Diamador Lenore, so maybe you can double up with practice squad numbers. Is I, that I a think, thing that's allowed? I think clearly the um, whoever is in charge of updating the team the team's roster on its website is not. Dude, just falling behind. Not, not fully locked in. Was that uh, one of was that one of Nick Cray's jobs? <laughs> <laughs> Vibes curator leaving, and roster just, updater. <laughs> just leaving a massive void in his wake in Santa Clara. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. No, I ninety two is fine. I I don't. Nah, I, it hmm, would have been. Hmm. It, it definitely would have been better to give him to give him a single digit number. Um, the only. The only saving grace here is that Reggie White wore number 92. Yeah, it's fair. 
Kinlaw didn't want to give up. People don't just give up their number in the NFL because if you want to change your number, you have to like pay for all the jerseys that have been made with your old number on it. It yeah. costs a lot of money. <laughs> the, the swaths of Javon Kinlaw jerseys that and I don't be ripped out of the stores. I'm sure. <laughs> just children crying in the streets <laughs> because their jersey is no longer relevant. Demanding a refund. Hey, if you see a 99 jersey at at Levi Stadium, is it more likely to be an Alden Smith jersey or a Javon Kinlaw jersey? Um, neither. Oh. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's 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 most myself, likely it's the, the Forrest Buckner jersey. Oh, it might be a Buck jersey. That's a good point. It's yeah, definitely yeah. a Buck jersey. They sold a lot of Buckner jerseys. There was a I time. Don't think they, I don't think they. Ernie Chavez in the chat wants to know what number would work, and it appears based on the roster that uh, no numbers. He's SOL. I mean, ninety six would have been better than ninety two. Chances were DOA. Semantics at this point. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I watched his 96 belongs to T.Y. McGill. Sorry. Keep going. Right. I watched his opening press conference. Um, there wasn't a whole lot to glean from it, but it was interesting hearing him talk about, and this is not me putting on an Ohio state hat, but like, it was interesting hearing him talk about how Nick Bosa and him speak the same language, sort of dating back to Mm. speak the same language, not English, but speak the same language when it comes to pass rushing. Sure. Um, (laughs) <laughs> dating back to their time uh, working with Larry Johnson. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were teammates, I think, for a year or two at Ohio State. Um, I'd have to go back and double check. But Larry Johnson, I think, widely considered one of the best, if not the best defensive line coaches in all of college football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the track record of NFL guys that he's produced would would speak to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I do wonder, like, is he going to be able to hit the ground running like pretty quickly here? Because I mean, pass rushing is a pretty straightforward position. It's kind of like running back, like obviously running back, you need to know the plays. You need to know which gaps you're attacking. Um, you know, all mm-hmm. of those things, but like running back, the reason why so many rookie running backs come in and excel pretty quickly is because it's just like, it's so instinctual. Like you, you're mm-hmm. running with the ball. You've been running with the ball your whole life, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a similar thing with pass rushers in that like, if you can pass rush anywhere, or if you can pass rush in the NFL, you could do it for any team, right? There's no, yeah. there, there aren't really like system pass rushers in the same way that there are like system receivers, right? Like certain. Yeah. You know, well, there's like, there's schematic nuance with run stopping and stunts and stuff like that. But I, I think that's something that can be pretty easily picked up over a bye week. Yeah. You know? So I'm yeah. not I'm not super there, worried about Chase Young fitting right away. Like Randy Gregory had a sack in his first game. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm wondering, is it going to be something where like Chase Young is starting and playing 70 percent of the snaps or and taking Cleveland Farrell? And I mean, what I would imagine Drake Jackson is going to be inactive. Yeah, right? it's a tough and look then, for for DJ. Yeah. Um. So I would think Trace Trace Jackson's inactive. And I, I would kind of assume that Cleveland or um, that yeah Cleveland Farrell would be on the bench like for Chase Chase Young like Chase Young should probably get the the vast majority like I don't think it's going to be one of those things where it's like he plays twenty snaps and only on third down in his first game like I think he's, no, he's going to be on the field so. for all three downs. Yeah, I think so too, and I I think that that honestly by itself makes the 49ers better 
because Cleveland Furl hasn't been bad. You just don't want him rushing the passer a majority of the snaps. But if you're limiting his snap count to 15 to 20 a game where he's coming on in relief and in, you know, pass rush only situations or whatever it is, you feel a little bit better about his production now versus unit. Yeah. Versus him being your starting primary defensive end opposite Nick Bosa. And same thing with Randy Gregory, same thing with Drake Jackson, like as depth pieces, they're fine, but as like go-to pass rushers, you don't feel great. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I don't think much of the, of the Jaguars offensive line. Um, I think the Niners, like if they can, it ultimately, I think the biggest key to the game is going to mm-hmm. be for them to force Trevor Lawrence to hold the ball a little bit. So the pass rush can't get home. Yeah. Because if, if he's just getting, if, if he's hitting the top of his drop and getting the ball out, then mm-hmm. the Niners pass rush is more than likely going to be completely negated. And then you're talking about the, the Niners, I think relative weakness in the secondary. I, I think their biggest issue in the secondary right now, and we can talk about this later in the week, cause I got to run here in a second, but mm-hmm. um, is, is it's more about like communication and like what the coverages are and everybody sort of being on the same page and everyone being in lockstep, right? Like it felt mm-hmm. like everything was really connected under D'Amico Ryan's and that connection just doesn't really feel, feel like it's there mm. right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, like I said, biggest key of the game is going to be, is going to be, can the, can the Niners force Trevor Lawrence to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than he's comfortable doing. And that to me is all about the secondary and is all about Steve yeah. Wilkes and is all yeah. about, you know, those guys playing well. So that's, yeah. that's my initial thought. That's what it comes down to. But it starts with the pass rush. Pass rush got to get home first, and that's uh, that's up to Chris Kasurik and Steve Wilkes to figure out. So, all right, we'll uh, look more at the Niners Jags game coming up later in the week. Uh, might have a midweek guest, still working on that. But we're back to to three a week here as we get you ready for 49ers Jags on Sunday. Thanks everybody for watching and listening. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash at candlestick chronicles podcast or just search candlestick chronicles on youtube you'll see us right there at the top uh subscribe like the video really appreciate that and subscribe rate subscribe rate and review wherever you get your pods we would appreciate that as well uh so until next time everybody bye see you guys